the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. There's a ring of truth that is unmistakable Knowing that you cannot find them all And if you listen carefully And sometimes even if you don't You can hear that sound Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Ring of Truth with our pastor and teacher, Dan Sexton, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Please join Pastor Dan as he teaches through God's Word. And I know the kind of God He is, and I know His love, and I know His grace, and I know His mercy, and I know His thoughts for me are more than can be numbered. And I know that He knows my needs before He even asks me, before I even ask Him. So I, I know who He is. And, and you know, whenever you are facing a situation where you don't understand the situation, you fall back on what you do know. And what you do know is the Lord. And you know His character. You know Him and who He is and that you can trust Him. Are you facing a situation that you don't quite understand or are not sure what to do? Today, you learn from Pastor Dan's message that when you are in this place of the unknown, you fall back on what you do know. You can rest in the security and knowledge of who God is and your identity in Him. Pastor Dan reminds you that God's thoughts towards you are innumerable, that you can rely on His love, grace, and mercy, even though you might not know what's next. You do know that the Lord's character never changes and you can trust in Him. And now, open your Bibles to the book of Isaiah, chapter 46, as we join Pastor Dan for today's edition of Ring of Truth. They thought these were all different gods that determined the light and darkness and peace and calamity. But here the Lord says, I do all these things. It's all me. I'm the only God. I'm the only one. Rain down, you heavens, from above. and Let the skies pour down righteousness Let the earth open. Let them bring forth salvation. Let righteousness spring up together. I, the Lord, have created. God will use Cyrus to bring righteousness to his people and salvation to his people. In the Psalms, Psalm uh, 126, uh, this is after they came back from the captivity. It says, when the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, We were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. And we are glad you know, the the, the psalmist says, when, when we were freed by the Persians and we were able to come back from the captivity, it was like we were living in a dream. We never thought we'd get out of Babylon. It was like a dream to us. Our mouths were filled with laughter and singing as we were praising God for what he's done for us. Cyrus brings, you know, rains down righteousness. He's going to rain down salvation upon God's people, the Jews. 
Now look at verse 9. Verse 9 says, Woe to him who strives with his maker. You strive with God. You try to fight God. Woe to you. Woe to you. You try to fight to get your way. Woe to you. And we might say today, good luck with that. Now, I think sometimes the worst thing that could happen is that the Lord gives us our way. And we fight to get our way. And the Lord, because he loves us, knows what's best for us. And he doesn't want to give us our way. But to get to the point where the Lord finally says, okay, you can have your way. Woe to you. Woe to you if you win that argument with God. Woe to you if you win that fight. Woe to him who strives with his maker. And I love the rest of verse 9. Let the potsherd strive with the potsherds of the earth. (laughs) You know, if you want to fight with someone, fight with other people. Don't fight with God. You know, it's okay to fight with other people or whatever, to try to get your way with them. But woe to you if you try to strive with God. Shall the clay say to him who forms it, what are you making? Or shall your handiwork say, well, he has no hands. The idea here is being critical, being critical of the maker. You know, he says, shall the clay, shall the clay say to him who forms it, what are you making? You know, does, does the clay say to the potter, hey, why are you making me like that? Or why, why don't you make me this way instead of that way? Or, or to the person, the craftsman who makes something, his handiwork. Well, you didn't make it with hands. It's a criticism. You should have made it with hands. It would be better with hands. And you're arguing. And, and the idea here is, of course, the clay would never argue with the potter. The wood would never argue with the craftsman or the carpenter about the way that they're made. Woe to him who says to his father, what are you begetting? Or to the woman, to his mother, What have you brought forth? You know, you think of a a newborn baby. A newborn baby isn't critical of his or her parents. A newborn baby doesn't say to his parents, why do you do it that way? Why are you dressing me in a blue onesie and not a white onesie? I hate blue onesies. Why are you feeding me strained carrots? I'd rather have strained apples, right? A a newborn baby doesn't, doesn't argue, isn't critical doesn't question his parents. That happens years later when they begin to question. And the Lord here makes this argument now going into verse 11. Thus says the Lord, the Holy One of Israel and his maker. Ask me of things to to come concerning my sons and concerning the work of my hands. Concerning the work of my hands, you command me. The Lord says, Why then do you question me and what I'm doing in your life? Why are you critical of me? Why are you critical of the decisions I've made for you? Why do you try to tell me what I should be doing? Why do you command me? You know, Lord, you should do it this way. Lord, why don't you do that? Or why don't you do this? Or why have you allowed that to happen? Or why don't you put a stop to that? Or why don't you help? And and we tell the Lord what to do. We're commanding him. And he's saying, you know, clay wouldn't do that with the potter. Baby wouldn't do that with their parents. Why? Why then are you doing it with me? And listen, listen, God knows what's best. He's God. He knows what's best. He knows what's right. 
He's perfect in all his ways. And so don't try to fight with him. Don't try to argue with him. Don't be critical of him. Don't try to tell him what you think he should be doing. And don't try to persuade him to do what you want him to do. Because if you win that argument, woe to you. Woe to you. Instead, what we should do is just trust the Lord and believe what the Bible says about him, that he loves us, that he knows all things, he knows what's best for us, he's got our best at heart, and he's going to do what's right for us. And we just, Lord, you know what's best. Lord, you know what's right. I'm just going to trust you. And I don't get it. It doesn't make sense to me. I don't know why. I don't understand it. But I know you. You know, Paul says in the New Testament, I know whom I've trusted. I know him. I know his character. I know his love for me. And so I may not understand the circumstances that have come into my life. Or I may not understand why the things that have happened have happened. But I know him. And I know the kind of God he is. And I know his love. And I know his grace. And I know his mercy. And I know his thoughts for me are more than can be numbered. And I know that he knows my needs before he even asks me. Before I even ask him. So I, I know who he is. And, and you know, whenever you are facing a situation where you don't understand the situation, you fall back on what you do know. And what you do know is the Lord. And you know his character. You know him and who he is and that you can trust him. Verse 12, he says, I've made the earth and created man on it. I, my hands, he says, stretched out the heavens and all their hosts I have commanded. I have raised him up in righteousness, speaking of Cyrus, and I will direct all his ways. He shall build my city and let my exiles go free, not for price nor reward, says the Lord of hosts. He says here of Cyrus, he will raise him up. God will raise him up. God will direct his ways. And Cyrus will set God's people free from their exile. And he says, not for a price, not for a reward. Cyrus is just going to let the Jews go free at no cost. The Lord's just going to impress upon his heart to just set them free and to allow them to go back to Jerusalem and rebuild the city and rebuild the temple. Verse 14 Thus says the Lord, the labor of Egypt and merchandise of Cush and of the Sabians, men of stature, they were tall, shall come over to you, Cyrus, and they shall be yours. Now, these were great kingdoms that were to the southwest of Persia. You know, you have the land of Israel in between the Persian Empire and the Egyptian Empire, Cush, the Sabians. You know, that's why Israel had so many wars that took place in the land because it was the land between. It was the battlefield between these great kingdoms. And here the Lord promises to just give them to Cyrus. Look at what he says in the middle of the verse. They shall walk behind you. They shall come over in chains. They shall bow down to you. They will make supplication to you, saying, surely God is in you and there is no other. There is no other God. Truly, verse 15 You are God who hides yourself, O God of Israel, the Savior. 
They shall be ashamed and also disgraced, all of them. They shall go in confusion together who are makers of idols. But Israel, God's people, shall be saved by the Lord with an everlasting salvation. You shall not be ashamed or disgraced forever and ever. For thus says the Lord, who created the heavens, who is God, who formed the earth and made it, who has established it, who did not create it in vain, who formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord and there is no other. I have not spoken in secret in a dark place of the earth. I did not say to the seed of Jacob, seek me in vain. I, the Lord, speak righteousness. I declare things that are right. What a verse. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. We'll have more from this message in a moment. But first, we'd like to tell you about an exciting resource available this Christmas season. Here's Pastor Dan to tell you more. Christmas can be a very busy time of year for most of us, and in our busyness, we can forget the reason for the season, Jesus Christ. So my wife, Cameron, wrote a wonderful daily devotional called 31 Days of December. This simple devotional is written for women and is designed to help you keep Jesus at the center of your Christmas season. We would be happy to mail you a copy as our thank you for your investment of any amount in this daily radio ministry. To receive your copy of 31 Days of December, visit our website at calvaryec.com and click on Give. Now, let's finish today's message. Assemble yourselves and come, draw near together, you who have escaped from the nations. They have no knowledge who carry the wood of their carved image and pray to a God that cannot save. Remember, at this point, again, Israel has forsaken the Lord Jehovah. They've gone after all these other gods. And here the Lord says, those gods can't save you. I can save you. You know that I've saved you in the past. I can save you. Those gods can't save you. Those gods that you're trusting in. Tell and bring forth your case. Yes, let them take counsel together who has declared this from ancient times, who has told it from that time. Have not I the Lord and there is no other God beside me, a just God and a savior? There is none besides me. Look to me and be saved. All you ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. Now, verse 22 This is the verse that Charles Spurgeon heard as a young teenager when he was saved. Spurgeon, one snowy night, wandered into a a church. I think it was a Sunday night. And the pastor didn't show up that night. And a, a deacon or an elder or something in the church stood up and just read that verse. And here is Spurgeon sitting in the back. And I think it was it was a group. It was like 15 people. And he was so convicted by the Holy Spirit that he began to weep as he sat there and heard that verse. Look to me and be saved, all you ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. And Spurgeon committed his life to Christ that night and went on to become, you know, the greatest evangelist of the 1800s. Uh, and his, his writings are still in publication today and still impactful today. It's all from this verse, one verse, the Lord used one verse 
not in any kind of context. And that one verse the Holy Spirit used to convict him and bring him to salvation. Verse 23, I have sworn by myself. God can't swear by anyone higher. Sometimes you hear people say they swear by God, right? I swear by God. Well, God can't swear by anyone higher than himself. So he says, I swear, I've sworn by myself. The word has gone out of my mouth and righteousness and shall not return. That to me, look what it says, that to me, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall take an oath. Now, that should sound a little familiar (laughs) to you. In the New Testament, in Philippians Chapter 2, verse 10, there it says that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on the earth and of those under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So that's the oath that Jesus Christ is my Lord that we make. And here, here though, it's Jehovah speaking. In Isaiah 45, it's Jehovah speaking. And in in the New Testament, Jesus is saying the same thing. That's because Jesus is Jehovah. That to me, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall take an oath. He shall say, surely in the Lord, I have righteousness and strength. Isn't that true? In the Lord, we have righteousness. The righteousness of Christ is imputed to us. And we have strength from the Holy Spirit. That dwells in us to him, men shall come and all shall be ashamed who are incensed against him in the Lord. All the descendants of Israel shall be justified and shall glory. Chapter 46. We're just going to go through it quickly. It's just 13 verses. Bell bows down. Nebo stoops. These are these are idols of the Persians. Their idols were. On the beasts and on the cattle, your carriages were heavily loaded, a burden to the weary beast. They stoop, they bow down together. They could not deliver the burden, but have themselves gone into captivity. And here he's talking about just kind of the contrast between worshiping the Lord God, Jehovah, and worshiping Idols, And one of the things that he points out here in the first couple verses is that their idols are a burden to them, literally. You know, they'd make these big statues out of gold or silver, or stone or out of wood. And they'd have to load their big gods onto carts and the animals, the beasts, the cattle would carry the carts with these big giant idols on them. And the, the, the idols were a burden. You know, they were a heavy load and the beasts were weary from trying to move their gods. In contrast, our God takes our burdens. He's not a burden to us. He takes our burdens. He tells us if you're weary and heavy laden, come to me. I'll give you rest for your soul. Their gods are a burden. Our God takes our burdens. Verse three, listen to me, O house of Jacob, And all the remnant of the house of Israel who have been upheld by me from birth, who have been carried from the womb. Look at these verses. Even to your old age, I am he. And even to gray hairs, I will carry you. 
I have made and I will bear, even I will carry and will deliver you. God here says that he carries us. What wonderful verses these are. He carries us, it says, from the time of our birth to the time of our death. The time of our birth until we're of old age with gray hair. And the Lord says, I made you, I'll bear you, I'll carry you, and I will deliver you in the end to eternal life. Now, in contrast, the idols that they worshipped, they had to carry their idols. Their gods didn't carry them, they carried their gods. (laughs) To whom will you liken me and make me equal and compare me that we should be alike? They lavish gold out of the bag and weigh silver on the scales. They hire a goldsmith and he makes it a god. They prostrate themselves. Yes, they worship. They bear it on their shoulder. They carry it. They set it in its place and it stands from its place. It shall not move. Though one cries out to it, yet it cannot answer nor save him out of his trouble. Our God again carries us. Our God carries us. They have to carry their God. Our God, the Bible tells us, he puts us uh, in our place in a good way. The Bible says he sets our feet on solid ground. Right? He stands us up. He establishes us, the Bible says, so that we are not moved, so that we're immovable. But their gods, they have to carry their gods. They have to put their gods in place. They have to stand their God up. Jeremiah talks about how sometimes they've got to, you know, tack it to the wall with a rope so that their God doesn't fall over. They've got to prop their God up and stand him up. (laughs) And then the end of verse seven, they cry out to their God and their God doesn't answer. Our God does answer. Their God can't save them. Our God does save, right? Our God saves us out of trouble. Remember this and show yourselves men. Recall to mind, O you transgressors, remember the former things of old. For I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, things that are not yet done. Again, he's talking about prophecy here. I declare the end from the beginning In ancient times, I declared the things that are not yet done. That's prophecy. And that's the litmus test. That's the thing that distinguishes the God of the Bible from every other God. Prophecy. Saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. Calling a bird of prey from the east. The man who executes my counsel from a far country. Verse 11 is speaking of Cyrus again. He's the bird of prey from the east who executes God's counsel, who comes from a far country. Indeed, I have spoken it. I will also bring it to pass. I have purposed it. I will also do it. You you can count on God's word. You can count on God's word. Listen to me, you stubborn hearted, who are far from righteousness. I bring my righteousness near. It shall not be far off. My salvation shall not linger. And I will place salvation in Zion for Israel, my glory. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than. 
We're so glad you joined us today for Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. If you missed any part of this message or would like to hear additional teachings from this series, they're available to you for free at calvaryec.com. While you're there, be sure to subscribe to our podcast. That way you will have access to each message as soon as it's made available online. That website again is calvaryec.com. If you live in the Baltimore, Washington area, we'd love for you to worship with us this Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. Calvary Chapel is located in Columbia, Maryland, only minutes from Route 95, Route 29, or Route 100. For more information on what you can expect when you visit, go to calvaryec.com or give us a call. We can be reached at 410-491-4592. Again, that phone number is 410-491-4592. We look forward to you joining us as our guests. And please, take a moment to introduce yourself to Pastor Dan after the service and let him know you listen to Ring of Truth. With that, our time with you has come to an end today on Ring of Truth. Join Pastor Dan next time for more from this verse-by-verse, chapter-by-chapter study of the book of Isaiah, right here on Ring of Truth. It's true.